I'm sure ruminating for long periods of time is not recommended by a psychologist, but I don't know because I'm not a psychologist or a doctor. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Hard Feelings Podcast. This is, of course, my mental health podcast where I talk about things like anxiety, depression, rage, jealousy, embarrassment. Ah! That was more rage, I guess. We're switching out the intro. Do you like it? I'm, I never want to be predictable. Oh my goodness, we have another exciting episode that is based off of the way that I am feeling in my real life. That is the way that I like to structure this podcast. If you're new here, hi. Hello, my name is Giovanna. I'm a Virgo. I love structure, but I'm also a Sagittarius moon, so I hate structure. I also have severe anxiety, so I love and hate structure and just generally feel overwhelmed by everything. <laughs> the way I like to loosely structure these episodes is talking about what hard feeling or difficult to process feeling is weighing on my heart this week. And for me, this week it is drumroll overwhelm. Can you even believe it? I am overwhelmed. Can you ever just be whelmed or does it always need to be over or underwhelmed? I don't know. I don't think I've ever felt whelmed a day in my life. Overwhelmed? Every single day, for sure. But especially this week, I've been feeling really overwhelmed just because I've had more social engagements to go to. I've gone into Manhattan twice this week, which as a girl who stays in Queens 99% of the time, that is a lot for me. I've also had a couple of projects that weren't supposed to have a due date until later, and then all of a sudden they're due tomorrow. I feel like I'm back in school again. It's making me feel very stressed out. I keep having recurring dreams about me being in school and not having done my homework and getting in trouble. That's nothing new to this week though, to be honest. That's not just because I'm overwhelmed this week. I always have that recurring dream. And me and my therapist have been over them many times and she's like, yeah, that's clearly just your brain trying to have some sort of control and feel like you're in trouble all the time. And I was like, how do we get it to stop? You just have to let your brain do its thing. But anyways, that's not what this video is about. This video is about being overwhelmed, a little overview for you. We're gonna talk to you about how I feel overwhelmed, how I'm able to like place the feeling of being overwhelmed. Because sometimes even just being able to place the feeling that you're feeling is really helpful. I know for me, sometimes somebody says, how are you? And I'm like, good, bad, and everything in between. What do you mean? I don't know what I'm feeling right now. So I want to tell you how I know I'm physically feeling overwhelmed in my body. And then I want to tell you some coping mechanisms. Because back in the day, if I had a day like today where all of a sudden I had two projects to do and I was already feeling burnt out from all of the social engagements I've had to go to because I have a lot of social anxiety, I would just like probably take a nap and ignore it and then do it all at the last minute. But that's not what I'm gonna do today. That's not what I've done today. And I'm gonna tell you how I handle it. For me, I tend to feel overwhelmed whenever a deadline is introduced, you know? It's one thing to have my own to-do list and say like, okay, I have these things that I wanna do today, these things I'll get to tomorrow, etc. But when you have a deadline imposed on you by an outside force, whether that's through work, whether it's through, you know, a doctor's appointment that has to be on a certain day, for me, being given like hard and fast deadlines just immediately sends me into overwhelm. Even if I know that I have plenty of time to do something, it's like it's, my brain just can't even allow me to get there because suddenly there's a deadline that feels like it's catapulting towards me and all I wanna do is run away from it. I start to feel jittery, I start to like pace around a lot. That's another indication that I'm feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes there can be a little chest tightness. Sometimes you can get a headache from just like 
all of the ruminating that you're doing, that's something I tend to do a lot when I feel overwhelmed, is instead of actually sitting down and getting to the task, I just sit here like this and I stare off into the distance and I think about how much I have to do and I let that tightness in my chest build up until I just like can't take it anymore. <laughs> Which is not necessarily a good thing to do. Don't do that. Which I'm not saying is like what you should do. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing with this podcast. I don't have it all figured out. I don't think I claim to have it all figured out. I'm just telling you what I do in these circumstances. I'm sure ruminating for long periods of time is not recommended by a psychologist, but I don't know because I'm not a psychologist or a doctor. But when I can finally pull myself out of the ruminating spiral, this is what I do. First things first, I gotta go for a walk. I know I'm a broken record about the walking, but it nothing clears my head more than getting outside and taking a little walk. Even if you only have a second to like just step outside, get a breath of fresh air, I'm telling you, there's, I don't know what chemicals they're putting in the air these days, but man oh man, does it make me feel more relaxed. I think it's just like getting that movement in your body. You know, we all know the scientists have told us like over and over again, exercise and releases endorphins. That's why you should do it, yada, yada, yada. We all know that. But you know, if you're not in the mood to exercise, literally just get a little brisk walk going can achieve the same thing. At least it does for me. For me, even just the sheer fact of being outside, like you don't even have to walk. You can just stick your head out the window, babe. Take a big, take a big inhale and get that fresh air. I'm telling you, it does something chemical in your brain that just helps bring the overwhelm down a teeny tiny bit. Now what we're gonna do to bring that overwhelm down even more is we're gonna get a planner. And if you're like me, then you're probably like, hissing at the camera. No planner, we hate planners. I hate planners. I have bought, I bought a planner like every single year of high school and I would use it for the first two weeks of school and then forget about it. I never wrote things down in my planner. That's just not how my brain retained information. Like even if I wrote it down, I would just never look at the planner again. But I finally found a planner that works for me. I searched ADHD planner to find this because I figured although I've never been diagnosed officially with with ADHD. I got all the symptoms, babe. So I'm, I'm just gonna live my life looking for ADHD hacks. And this is a planner that popped up when I looked up ADHD things. And so basically it doesn't have a date. It says today's plan and then you put the date and then it has different sections. So it's one right here that says super important. And then you have one that says then do this. Then this one says chill. This is not urgent. Then you have your general notes down here. And then on this side you can put a checklist. Now I love this because when I have a planner that's like set out weekly, one, they never give you enough freaking space to actually write everything down in those weekly planners for me, because what I like to do with my list making that makes the overwhelm even less overwhelming for me is to really break those tasks down into tiny pieces. So I'm not just writing down like complete project for today. Obviously, I know I need to do that, but I'm going to write down complete project and then under that, I'm gonna break it down into 10 separate tinier steps that I can accomplish faster and be able to check things off more often. Because that's kind of like, you know, that's a little ADHD hack. It's the dopamine hit of being able to check off a list is so, freaking satisfying. If you are not a list maker and you're hearing all of this and you're just like, whatever, I'll skip this part, wait till she says the next helpful thing, 
give it a chance because I'm telling you that dopamine hit. Look at all these checks I got going on today. It is so satisfying to me to be able to check things off. And like I said, breaking them down into smaller tasks is so helpful. I even put things on here like eat lunch, drink water. Like I put things on my to-do list that are not necessarily work related, but are still important for my general well-being. I put down when I need to shower, I'll put showering on my to-do list. When I need to charge my toothbrush, I put charge toothbrush on my to-do list. Like I put all of these tiny things on here because my brain just lets things fly away the second the thought has happened, you know? And for years, I just felt like there was no real way for me to get a hold on it because the planners didn't work for me. The weekly planners, like I said, I'd use them for a couple weeks and then forget about them. But then my alternative to that, not writing anything down at all, caused me to forget a bunch of things. So I kind of accepted the, necess the necessary evil of writing things down. And I'm just so happy I found a planner that works well for me. And you know, you don't need to buy the specific planner. You can get a notebook and just kind of section it out for you. I don't always use all of the sections for like what they're for. Sometimes I decide what the sections mean. Like chill, this is not urgent. Does not always mean chill, this is not urgent for me. Sometimes I might put household tasks here and then like work-related tasks here, you know? So I really just like how customizable it is and this severely helps to diminish my overwhelm when I am stressed. Another thing I like to do when I have a really big to-do list to tackle is to set timers. I usually never set a timer for more than 15 minutes. Sometimes I do it five minutes at a time. It depends on the day. Some days I wake up and I'm like, the focus has left the building. All of my focus has packed its bags and gone on vacation to San Antonio because it's certainly not up here. And when I have days like that where the brain fog is just so thick and my focus has left the building and no amount of coffee or supplement or smoothie or anything is gonna get me back on track, timers are the only thing that helps me. Because if I can say like, okay, I'm setting a timer for five minutes and I'm gonna get as much done as I can in those five minutes and after five minutes, we can take a break. And I don't like to make those breaks too, too long. You know, usually it's like 15 or five minutes on and then just like a few minutes off. Sometimes that break is just for me to go get a sip of water or something. But you know, just being able to separate the time like that. Something about just setting a timer. I don't know. I'm sure somebody knows the science behind it. As I've said a thousand times, I'm not a scientist, doctor, psychologist, anything. These are just patterns I've observed <laughs> that I've been able to incorporate into my life. And yeah, usually I end up going a little longer than the timer. I set a 15 minute timer. And if I'm still like really in the flow by the end of that 15 minute timer, I'll turn it off and I'll keep going for like another 10 minutes. So usually I work longer than five or 15 minutes at a time, but I'm telling you the timers help. I think it all just comes back to like that dopamine hit of having something to look forward to. Obviously the completion of a project is something to look forward to because that can remove the stress. But like I said, we have to break it up into smaller pieces. I see people going out and buying like the timers that you can turn and stuff. That's fine. If you want to spend the money on that, you think you're going to use it. I just use my phone and then the only thing you want to do is I'll set the timer and then I'll put the phone upside down. If I see the timer counting down, I'll pay too much attention to it and I'll let it like change the way I'm working and think like, oh, okay, I only have like two minutes left. So I'm just going to finish this clip here. No, you can't look at the timer. You have to set it 
forget it. That's my greatest piece of advice when it comes to timers and that's kind of why I don't want to get a physical timer that you like turn and watch tick down. I'm an easily distracted gal. Stuff like that distracts me. So I like doing it on my phone. But yeah, timers are a huge help when I'm feeling overwhelmed and when I lack focus, which is a lot. Okay, and then the final thing I do to fight the overwhelm is I fight it with peace and I fight it with vibes, dude. Yeah, I'm talking about ambient soundscapes on YouTube again. I'm not talking about Laprizi specifically. Okay, I've mentioned Laprizi before. He makes these beautiful, like, painting-looking soundscapes that have vintage oldies playing in another room. That's just my general soothing music, but when I need to work and focus and tackle overwhelm. I like to watch nature soundscapes. So I do them based off of what time of day it is. If it's daytime, then I will watch a daytime like river flowing through a mountain soundscape. If it's evening, then I'll watch either like a sunset or like dark forest, rain. Rain is really soothing for me. Something that has a little bit of sound to it but not music, not distracting. So Laprizi plays vintage oldies, like it plays like quiet music. So if you can work with that, that's great. But for me, I really do like a nature sound, like a flowing river or the falling rain. And I turn the volume down low, but I keep the screen, I keep like the full YouTube screen open while I am working. And it helps me focus. I don't know. I'm somebody, I really probably am ADHD. Again, I got every symptom on the list, but I really cannot, I'm not somebody who can just like sit down with the work in front of me and just do the work with nothing else going on. It's funny, I'm easily distracted, but I also need those distractions to get the work done. And having those like nature videos on YouTube playing in the background is so helpful to me. Sometimes music is just a bit too distracting when I really need to focus on something because as much as I love listening to music while working, it can sometimes get a little bit too distracting for me if it's anything with words. Like if it's Leve, I'm gonna sing along even though she's so soothing and calming and has such like a peaceful voice. I just, it's too catchy. I'm gonna sing along. So that's why I prefer like a nature soundscape, something you can't sing along to rain. I mean, maybe you could. This is my rain noise. Flowing river. It's more like wind. Yeah. See, you can't sing along to stuff like that. So for me, that helps me focus. Although I will say, I have been getting into more classical music lately, you guys. In fact, perfect segue into our mental health of the week. This one's a real throwback, you guys. It's freaking Mozart. <laughs> okay, so I was listening to Leve as I do the other day, and you know how there's like songs that come on autoplay, if you have Apple Music or Spotify or anything, it's like songs like this that play afterwards, and it, they start playing clarinet, quintet, and A major by Pierre Jenison, which is originally by Mozart, you know, it's, it's a cover, if you will, and my brain was just taken on such a beautiful journey. It's almost a 10 minute long song. So that's wonderful, but it's just so soothing. There's so many different parts to it. The only way I can think to describe it, because obviously I can't sing lyrics for you guys here, is this public domain? Is it? Is Mozart public domain? If it is, I'll, this Pierre Jenison's version is not. That's the version I'm talking about. But 
go give it a listen. And I mean, really any classical music, this was just like the first classical bop that really got my attention. I've listened to classical music before. I took ballet all growing up. I've always found classical music soothing. My mom used to like buy me classical music CDs. I'm pretty sure she told me she listened to classical music when she was pregnant because she saw it was good for babies. So like, I have long since been adept to the classical music, but I guess just the last few years I've forgotten about it. And you know, getting back into listening to Leve, getting into jazz music, I've been into jazz music. In college, I always listen to jazz on the radio too. So it's funny that I just like forget every couple years how soothing classical instrumental music is to me. And then I remember and I'm like, wow, how great is this? How great is this to focus? I can focus when just this is playing. I can journal to classical music. I can work to classical music. I love walking outside to classical music. Dude, I'm telling you, nothing imitates life and nature more than classical music. I was listening to this Mozart bop today when I was out for my morning walk, and I swear the birds were like flying along to the music. Like the way nature interacts with classical music just feels so intertwined. It makes you feel like you're in a walking music video. Don't sleep on classical music. Don't tell yourself you're too cool for it because I promise you're not. It is so soothing, even if you just listen to it while you work. I knew people used to do that when studying. That's what's so funny is I've always known that people have used classical music to study. I never did it though. And now as an adult who's like out of school, but you know, still has work that I have to do, I'm playing around with it and it's a banger. It's an absolute banger. So yeah, to summarize the episode for you, nature sounds, classical music, ADHD friendly planner, timers on your phone, sweet little kitty cat to give you encouragement along the way. What do you think, Bert? If I'm being fully honest, Bert can be a bit more of a distraction, but he is also the world's most soothing presence, so I'll allow it. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you, I'm also rocking with a new stress ball this week. You might remember, if you're a frequent listener or watcher of the pod, you might remember I have this little dumpling stress ball that I was playing with and enjoying it, but it's a little too watery. Like, I was afraid I'm gonna pop it. I still like that one, but I have kind of sharp nails, so I wanted one that I wasn't afraid I was gonna pop, so I got this one. This is from the brand Logest. I'll link it down below. These are actually intended for people with arthritis to exercise their hands or carpal tunnel, you know, any sort of like hand weakness. I, I hope I'm saying, I'm sorry if I'm not describing that well, but this is for people to do hand exercises, to strengthen their hands, but it did also say that you could use it for stress. I have the medium resistance, so it looks like most of the people using them use a light resistance one, but I figure that's for like hand exercises and I wanna like squeeze it when I'm stressed like this. So I went with the medium, I'm really happy with it. I kinda like toss it back and forth like a ball like this when I'm sitting here. I, I like to do it during therapy because I I just like get antsy and I need something to do with my hands, but I'm trying to remember to use it more when I'm working too, just because for me, like, I, there's something about this, man. I don't know what it is. Something about a stress ball. It's funny, we used to always have them in elementary school in every single classroom. They would readily give us stress balls until we got too distracted with them and popped them and caused a disturbance, but they would always give us stress balls. And it's so funny that as we grew up and like got to middle school and high school, there stopped being stress balls in the classroom. I forgot about them, didn't think about them for like 20 years. And now here I am as an adult being like, wow, it is amazing how much squeezing this little ball just 
relieves the stress. So give it a try. I'll link this one down below. All right, everybody. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. The thing that I always hope for at the end of every episode is that I could make you feel a little less alone. I know sometimes the things that I talk about might be universal hard feelings that not just people who struggle with anxiety deal with, but people deal with on a day-to-day basis. The whole purpose of this podcast is to make you feel less alone because a lot of times we think that we're the only ones feeling a certain way. Every time I talk to somebody who shares that they feel the same way that I do when I thought I was the only one feeling that way, it just like unlocks a piece of my soul. It like makes me feel so much more connected to other people as somebody who like feels weird and different and othered and kind of like a misfit a lot of the time. Every time I can connect with other people about feelings, every time you guys tell me in the comments section or on Instagram or you send me a message saying, I feel the same way and you have made me feel less alone because you're sharing it, that's, that's the reason I keep coming back and doing it makes me feel good to talk about these hard feelings. I love that we can share this with each other. I love that we're not trying to be solution-oriented and say, here's how to eviscerate overwhelm. No, no, no. We're never trying to eviscerate these hard feelings because every feeling is a part of us and what makes us human. We just need to learn how to cope with them, how to accept them, and yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. This is the end of the episode. If you like the makeup on my face, I will link it all down below. It's, it's kind of a basic look. I just, I had a lot of projects I was working on today, but it's still pretty, still shimmery. Got the little heart and moon earrings on. I'll link everything down below for you. Look at my hair. I showered yesterday. I feel like it looks pretty good. Curls are looking pretty defined. Shout out to Olaplex. I, I did my whole round at Olaplex yesterday and I feel like my hair looks really good, which is so disappointing because that stuff is so expensive, but does work, unfortunately. Hate to break it to you. Anyways, it's the end of the episode. I forget how I end the episodes. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next Friday with a new one. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Bye.